Well, good morning, church. How are you guys doing? Are you good? All right, man. It's good to see all of you guys here with us this morning. Uh, if I haven't had the chance to meet you, my name is Brian. I'm one of the pastors here. And I have the, the opportunity and the privilege today to, to preach, to speak. Um, if, this is, if you don't know me because this is your first time hanging out uh, with us here at Fusion City Church, um, and we really like new people here. And so if this is your first time, we want to say a special welcome to you. We, we like new people so much that we would like to give you a gift just for showing up for the first time. And so if this is your first time hanging out with us, if you would take just a few minutes during this next several minutes uh, to fill out the bottom portion of your, of your program that you got when you came in, we call that a connection card. If you'll fill that out with a little information and then take that to the hub, uh, the area just inside the doors as you came in, we have a gift there for you. Again, just our way of saying, man, we're really glad that you're here and hanging out with us. We are, we're in week three of a series today called Listen, God is Speaking. We said that that was going to be our theme for this year, that, that in 2018 as a church, that we want nothing more this year than to hear God speak to us so that we can then listen and do what he asks of us. So uh, before we get into the, the content a little bit for today, just one quick kind of uh, housekeeping or, or announcement related thing. Um, if you know anything about Fusion City Church, you know that we love very much partnering with other churches. We, we believe that God is not going to use one church uh, in this area to reach the area. We believe that God wants to work with all of the churches in an area to reach an area, which means that a lot of times what that demands of us then is that we partner with and, and, and kind of link arms with other churches to do good things in our community. And so I wanted to let you know about a good thing that another church in our community is doing that we are recommending to you. Uh, Charity Baptist Church, which is over on Brantley Road in Kannapolis, if you know anything about Kannapolis, Brantley Road, Charity Baptist Church, on February the 2nd is having something called Married People's Night Out. It's a married person's enrichment event. So you go, they watch your kids. Can I get an amen? Like they watch your kids for a little while and they let you hang out with just you and your spouse uh, to learn together on how to be Better spouses, how to enrich and, and strengthen your marriage. And so we at Fusion City Church are recommending that on February the 2nd, you go, if you're a married person, that you go to uh, Charity Baptist Church and participate in this event. So this week, uh, they, have a, they have an event created on their Facebook page. We are going to link their event onto our group or our page so that you have access to it there so you can link to theirs and RSVP. Let them know that you're coming because they're going to do light refreshments and they want to know how many kids you know, to watch and that kind of stuff. So um, just, yeah, something we want to recommend to you guys that on February the 2nd, uh, Charity Baptist Church, Married People's Night Out. We think it's a great event. Uh, I'm going to go, my wife and I are going to go, and we're encouraging that, that you go as well. All right, so there's kind of housekeeping stuff. We love partnering with other churches. They invited us to come. We're going to go. All right, some of us. So feel free. We'd love to see you there. All right, so like I said, we are in week three of a series called Listen, God is Speaking. Now, in week one of this series, we, we learned that, together that, that we should want to hear that God is speaking because we know that he is, right? And that if God is speaking, that there are two things that we should do. We should, one, listen intently, and, and then we should also listen in obedience by doing what it is that God calls us to or asks us to do. So that was kind of the what message. Like, what are we supposed to do? Well, we're supposed to listen because God is speaking, and then last week, we looked at this miracle book that we have access to called the Bible, which we learned together last week is God's word written by human authors for us so that we would have access to the mind, the heart, the character, and the nature 
of God. All of those things we can learn from Scripture. And so like, that's, that's why we should read the Bible. We should read the Bible because it is God's Word. And I think we did a pretty good job last week of proving that, that it is, in fact, uh, God's Word to us. Well, today, so we've looked at the what, we've looked at the why. Today, I want to look at the how. I want to be super, super practical with, with how we listen by reading Scripture together. So we're going to walk through today like a method for, for studying Scripture and determining how we can, we can garner something from that that then enriches and benefits our lives as, as people, just as people in general. All right, so uh, I'll, I'll set it up this way. How many of you have ever been so overwhelmed by like just life, kids, spouse, job, to-do list, whatever it was, just so overwhelmed by something that you just needed some time to yourself. Show of hands. How many people are so overwhelmed? All right. Let me, ask, let me ask parents specifically. All right. Confession time for all the parents in the room. How many of you have hid out in the bathroom just to get away from your kids for a little bit? Show of hands. All right. Good. See, yeah. So, so, right? Sometimes, right? Sometimes we just need a little me time, don't we? Like, I just need some time for me. Me time is a good thing, except here's what I've learned about, about my time with me. If I'm already upset about something, when I go get alone with me, what I do for me is I justify all the reasons that I am upset, right? I rehash all the arguments or all the conversations that upset me in the first place. And you know what happens? I leave my me time worse than I went in. Because that's just time for me to, to fester and to think back about all the ways that I was done wrong and all the things that, that didn't go the way that I thought they went, right? Likewise, if I'm just kind of overwhelmed, like when I go to my me time, you, you know what, you know what kind of captivates my thoughts? It's how much stuff I still have to do. And, and so oftentimes, though, though it's, I think it's a good thing for us to kind of get away to ourselves, if we just get away to ourselves with ourselves, I think we've missed an, an incredible opportunity to, to make benefit of the time that we've set apart to kind of collect ourselves because of the overwhelming nature of life. So, so here's, what I would, here's what I would recommend instead of doing me time by yourself, but when you go to, to kind of get alone and to spend some time with just you, like in your me time, we're going to ask you to invite someone else into that, and that is God's presence to come into your me time with you. Because here's what I've learned. Maybe you've learned the same thing. The last thing I need in me time is more of me. Because there's a really good chance that it was me that got myself to a place where I was overwhelmed, frustrated, upset, negative, just a total pain to be around. There's a good chance that I had a lot to do with me feeling that way, right? Either I overworked myself, I didn't watch my schedule, I didn't listen well, I didn't accomplish something I was supposed to accomplish, or, or, or there, there's a lot wrong with me. I don't know if y'all know that's Confessions of a Pastor. There's a, there's a lot of stuff wrong with me. So when I go get away with me, guess what? There, all that wrong stuff is still there. So if to, in 2018, we as a church are going to, to listen 
because we believe that God has something he wants to communicate to us. Here's my proposal. I propose that we invite God into our me time. So here's what we've done. We, knowing that the best way for us to hear from God, we, I'll, I'll give credit to where credit's due. Pastor Quentin came up with this great like acronym for, for how we can study scripture, right? And, and we called it me time. So it's just two letters. There's M and E. That's how you spell me. I don't know. This is like English lesson for some of y'all this morning. I'm going to walk out of here smarter than you came. Me, M-E, is a two-step method to understanding what God wants to say to us through his word. Two steps, just two. Ready? Here they are. Number one, we want to figure out the meaning. See how meaning starts with M? Y'all like that? And then our engagement with that particular text. See how engagement starts with E? See what we did there? You got M and you got E. There's the meaning and the engagement. And then you put M and E together. And what do you get? Me time, right? Y'all are so smart. I love my church. All right, so here's what we're saying. And in 2018, here's what we want to do together. We want to participate in some me time that involves God's word. So when we go to get alone with ourselves, we go get alone with the Bible. Again, because the last thing that I need is more of me in my me time. I need more of him and the best way for me to get more of him, to hear from him, to listen to him is to take the Bible when I, when I go. So we're, we're gonna ask you every day to participate, to have some me time. So let's talk a little bit about what that looks like and how to do it, All right? I said, again, today's super practical. Today's the how. So if, if I'm asking or if, if we together are going to participate in determining the meaning of a particular scripture, whether it be a chapter, a verse, a couple of verses, whatever it is. I wanna give you four things to look for, just four ideas, four things to look for to help you understand the meaning of whatever verses you're reading. So I'm gonna give you the how, and then we'll do it together, right? We'll, we'll do some me time together. I know that's an oxymoron, but that's how we're gonna do it. All right, so, so four things to look for when you're trying to figure out the meaning of a verse or a passage, right? Number one, if you're taking notes, here's how you find the meaning of a text. You identify the author and the audience. Who wrote it and who did they write it to? All right, these are two very important things because context is king. Context is, is important. It's important to know who's writing whatever you're reading and who they were originally writing it to because the author and the audience of anything that is written is very important. Let me show you what I mean. All right, so if I were to get a, a love note, Right? Let's say I was to get a love note. Let's say it says something like, um, hey, good looking. Saw you on stage today. You look really good in those jeans, and I really like that orange shirt. Man, you sure are a good looking dude. Love mom. You, you see how it just got weird? Right? You see that? See how it got weird there for a minute? You're like, it was like, oh, yeah, it's white. No, like, it, see, it, because the author and the audience are important. It's important to know who wrote it and who they were writing it to so that you don't misunderstand something that was intended to be good and get it wrong, right? So a couple of things about author and and audience. Um, Oftentimes it's pretty easy to figure out who the author is, right? There's a lot of books that make it really easy for us. Let's do some together. Who wrote the book of Matthew? Who wrote the book of Luke? Who wrote 1 John? Who wrote 1 Peter? Who wrote 1 Timothy? No, it was Paul. (laughs) See? See, see what I did there? 
You got to be careful because context is important. Paul actually wrote a letter to Timothy that he titled Timothy. He also wrote one to Philemon that he called Philemon and so forth. But sometimes it's easy, sometimes it's not as easy. But it's important that we figure it out because the author and the audience are important. A, a quick Google search uh, will give you all the information that you typically need about who wrote what book and who they wrote it to. But, but it's important for us to know the author and the audience because, uh, not, uh, let me see, how do I say this? A good friend of mine says it this way. He says, not all of the Bible was written to us, but all of the Bible was written for us. Meaning that there is something that we can learn from all of Scripture, but not everything in Scripture was written directly to us. And so we have to be very careful about how we read Scripture in determining the author and the audience. For, for example, let me give you one of my favorite slash least favorite. I have a love-hate relationship with it. Um, there's a really popular verse that a lot of people quote all the time. It's Jeremiah 29, 11, which says, For I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you and to give you a hope and a future. Right? And people, people quote this and they're like, look, God has, God has plans for me, plans to, to prosper me and to give me a hope and a future. Here's the problem. That promise wasn't written to you. That promise was written to the Israelites that had spent 70 years in Babylonian captivity. So unless you are in Babylonian captivity, Jeremiah 29, 11 doesn't really apply to you. It's important to know the author, the prophet Jeremiah, speaking on behalf of God, written to the Israelite people in their exile in Babylon. That's a big difference between the Zach at Fusion City Church in 2018 in Kannapolis, North Carolina. Big difference, right? Zach's not a Babylonian captive or an Israelite or a Jew for that matter, right? I don't think, right? Not, okay, good. So it's important for us to identify author and audience, all right? So that's the first thing we're going to look for. As we read through a text, we're going to look for those things. The second thing, we're going to look for some repeating words, right? Oftentimes in Scripture, God will repeat himself through the human authors that he wrote, that he used to compile Scripture to add emphasis to something. You know how when you tell your kids something one time and they don't listen and you tell them again because you really want them to get it and you tell them again? All right, God does the same thing to his children. So if the Bible repeats itself, we want to look for those things in Scripture. For me, I like to circle those words. If I see the same words showing up over and over and over again as I'm reading through my Bible, I, I take a pen and I, I circle the words that show up multiple times in a given passage. If God's repeating himself, there's something that he really wants us to pay attention to. All right, so we want to look for the repeating words that show up in Scripture. Number three, if you're taking notes, we want to look for cause and effect. All right, these typically show up in, in words like because... Therefore, you guys know that cheesy thing I say where if you see a therefore in Scripture, you have to stop and see what it's there for. Y'all know how I do that, right? Some of y'all that have been here for a while. A therefore in Scripture means that we have to go back and look what the therefore is there for. Uh, terms like by which or but or if or if and then, right? You guys remember that from math class, right? There's some taking you back to high school, right? Anything that is cause and effect, we want to look for those things in Scripture, oftentimes in order for us to figure out a cause and effect, that means that we have to go back and read the chapter before or the verses before. If you start a brand new chapter and the chapter starts with therefore, you have to go back right to the chapter before and figure out what the therefore is there for. I'll say it a hundred times until y'all laugh. Like I'm just, I'm trying to, I'm pulling it out of you this morning. It's, I know it's not funny. I'm trying. Hang with me. One of the beautiful things about identifying cause and effect in scripture is that when we see cause and effect, oftentimes there's a promise 
connected to, to that? God says that if you, then I, cause and effect, if you'll do this, then I'll do this. That's a promise from God who always keeps promises and who's faithful. So we want to be on the lookout for, for cause and effect words that identify those things. And then lastly, I, I like to look for, for absolute words. Anything that is an absolute, again, these are oftentimes indicators of promises. God will say, I will always or never or every, you see, this is what, this is what I hope that you're seeing. These, these are all steps. All these, that's it. That's all four. That's all four I'm going to give you. There's a lot of different ways to study scripture. There's a lot of other stuff that we can pull into this. But it doesn't have to be any more complicated than this to get started. That if you open up your Bible and say, all right, I want to, I want to figure out the meaning of this verse. Here's some things that I can look for. All right, who wrote it? Who did they write it to? Repeating words. Quick, quick question. Not, I don't want to insult your intelligence. How many of you can see that one word looks just like another word? Right? It's easy. It's easy. You can do it. I'm telling you, you can do it. Cause and effect. But if, then, therefore, by which, because, you can do that. It's, it's, it's not as hard as maybe some of us have made it. And then absolute words, anything that means absolute, all, none, every, you see? Now, if we can just, just dig into Scripture a little bit, because it does require a little bit of effort. Like you can't do that just by a cursor. You can't just like flip through a passage, read it, and, and get all of that stuff. It takes a little bit of time. But we said the last couple of weeks, I'll say it again today, that our effort in hearing God speak is directly proportionate to our effort that we spend trying to hear him. In other words, if I say I want to hear God, how badly I want to hear God is directly proportional to the effort that I'm willing to put in to hear him. So this isn't difficult, but I think for maybe some of us, it's more than we've ever done. Which is a good thing because here's what we're going to do. We're going to do it together as a church in 2018. We're all going to do me time together. Again, still oxymoron, still weird to talk about that in a corporate sense. But here's what, here's what we are going to do. We're going to do some me time individually, and then we're going to get together and talk about it in connect groups. Now, imagine this. Go with me here in your head. Like this week, you're going to do some me time in a verse, in a chapter that we're going to give you. And you're going to figure out the meaning. And then you're going to go and you're going to figure out how you can engage with that text, meaning what can I do with what I learned from the meaning of that text. And then you're going to get together with 10 of your closest friends on one night this week and say, hey, what did you get? What, what stuck out to you? What, what did this verse or what did this chapter say to you? That means that you not only get to learn from you and what God is speaking to you, but you get to learn about what God is saying to 10, 12, 8, 6, 14, and some of our bigger groups, like, that God is saying to all those people. Isn't that awesome? Y'all don't look nearly as excited as I feel. Like, that's, that's good news. That's a good time. Especially if you're a believer that really desires to hear what God is saying, and not only, I get to cheat, right? I was, ne I was not the most honest student. Like, cheating was a, definitely a part of my adolescence, all right? If I can get the answers from somebody else, I'm good with that. Here's what's really awesome. God is okay with you cheating in that manner. 
And that manner only. If, 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 I can, if I can cheat off of somebody else, what God is saying to them, and it enriches and changes my life, God's okay with that, and I benefit from it. You've got to be in a connect group. They start today. They start today, this week. It's not too late for you to sign up and get plugged in. So let's, let's review, right? Author and audience, repeating words, cause and effect, Absolute words. We can all do that. You are smart people. I know most of you. You can do this. You can find the meaning of a verse by looking at those four things. But, but the meaning of something does us absolutely no good if we don't engage, if it doesn't cause us to do something, if we don't respond by moving in a different direction than we moved before. You guys remember in school, I've, a lot of high school references today. I don't know. Maybe I'm feeling nostalgic. Remember when you were in math class and you're like, when are we ever going to use this? Remember that? Because you ascribed a value to what you were learning based on how it was going to be applied to your life. The same thing is true of Scripture. Where am I going to use this? you got to figure that out. And again, it takes a little bit of effort. But however much effort you're willing to put in is directly proportional to how badly you want to hear God speak. you got to do it. You can, you can figure out what it means and then the meaning leads us to how we can engage with whatever text that we're reading. So that's the how. That's me time. We want you to do it every day. Sit down with God's word, find the meaning of a text, and then figure out how the meaning of that text applies to your life so that you can live differently. You can do that, right? Do you guys like this? We, we can do this. You can do this. So let me give you an example. Let's, let's, let's do some me time together. That's not going to stop being weird. I say, man, I'm killing me. All right. Me time together. All of us participating in me time. I asked you guys last week to, to every day this week, what, what chapter were you supposed to read? I heard a bunch of moments. I'm just going to assume somebody was right. All right, so it was 2 Peter chapter 1. That was the, that was the chapter that we were going to read together this week. So what I'm going to do, I, I want to show you my me time from 2 Peter chapter 1 this week as best I can. All right, so let's walk through this together. I'm going to read just the first 15 verses. There were another six or seven verses after that, but we'll focus on just the first 15 verses of 2 Peter chapter 1. Let's read this together. Simeon Peter or Simon Peter, depending on... Translation, Simeon Peter, a servant and apostle of Christ. There's your author. You want to know who wrote 2 Peter? It was Peter, Simeon Peter, who was a servant of the apostle Jesus. That's your author. Two, here comes the audience. You ready? Two, those who have obtained a faith of equal standing with ours by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. So here's his audience. Again, I Googled this. I didn't know this. I had to go and look for this. At one point in my life, I didn't know this. I had to go find this. I Googled it this week to make sure it was there. And sure enough, I found it in Google. Peter is writing to the churches that are being persecuted in what was then known as Asia Minor. It's just an area of Asia. There were a lot of churches in the area. Peter is writing to encourage them because they're being persecuted for their faith. That's who Peter is writing to. But he also says to those who have obtained a faith equal to ours by the righteousness afforded to them of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Well, here's the great thing. 
Brian, in 2018, has been afforded a relationship with God our Father through the Savior Jesus Christ and have obtained righteousness because of what Jesus did for me. So not only is Peter writing to the churches who were being persecuted in Asia Minor in the first century, he's also writing to Brian in North Carolina in 2018 because I can identify with the audience to which he is writing. Good? So this is to us. It's to us. And this is what he says. Verse 2. May grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. His divine power has granted to us all things. Did you see it? Did you see it? That was an absolute word. All. So how many things has his divine power granted to us? All things. See how easy this is? So his divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. Let's just hang here for a second. What Peter is saying is that we have access to all things that pertain to life and godliness. I don't know about you, that, like that psychs me up a little bit. Like I have access. How do I have access? Because Jesus granted it to me. All things about life and godliness we have access to. I'm going to have to work a lot faster. I, get so, I love scripture. This is going to take forever. All right, so verse 4, by which, here we go again, right? By which, that's, that's, a, that's a cause and effect phrase if you're not tracking. By which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises. So that through them you may, be, you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. This is kind of a big deal to me. For this very reason, there's cause and effect again, right? What reason? If you don't know for what reason, you got to go back and read it. All right? If you miss it, if you see for this very reason, you're like, what reason? you got to go back. Again, it takes a little bit of effort, a little bit of repeated reading. What he is saying, though, is because... Through God's promises, we can escape the sinful desires that, uh, that attack us in a corrupt world. For this very reason, make every effort. There's another absolute word, every effort. How many of the efforts? All of them. All of the efforts. Every effort. Make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue and virtue with knowledge and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with steadfastness, and steadfastness with godliness, and godliness with brother, brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. Lists are another good thing to pay attention to. He just gave us a list of a lot of things that should be part of our lives. Virtue, knowledge, self-control, steadfastness, godliness, brotherly affection. We wanna, he's given us a list of things we should identify with. Let's keep reading. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, there's two, cause and effect. For if and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective and unfruitful. Well, there's some helpful advice. Keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For whoever, that's an absolute word, because whoever either means everybody that is or everybody that isn't. So Whoever, for everybody that is, or everybody who isn't, for whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. Therefore, brothers, 
Be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election. For if you practice these qualities, you will never fall. What qualities? Remember the list? You remember? Do you see it? All right. So if we go, if you practice these things, you will never fall. For in this way, here comes a promise. For in this way, there will be richly provided for you an entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This has to do with your eternity. You know, heaven with Jesus and God and all those people that you love that were Christians that died before you. Remember, he said, this has to do with your eternity. He wants us to, to, to pay attention. This is important. This is how you keep yourself from being ineffective and unfruitful. This is how you know that you're going to spend eternity with Jesus, Peter says. And then, and then he just he makes a claim about himself. He says, therefore, because of everything that we just read, therefore, because heaven hangs in the balance, therefore, I intend always, absolute, to remind you, speaking to the churches in Asia Minor, speaking to all of us in North Carolina in 2018, I intend always to remind you of these qualities. Though you know them, you already know this. This isn't new. You know these. You know this. But I intend to remind you of these qualities, though you know them and are established in the truth that you have. I think it right, Peter says, as long as I am in this body to stir you up by way of reminder. This is, this is my obligation. I feel obligated to remind you that you should be increasing in these qualities. Since I know that the putting off of my body will be soon as our Lord Jesus Christ made clear to me. I'm getting ready to die, Peter would tell us. And I will make every Effort. How many of the efforts? All of them. Every effort. I will make every effort so that after my departure, you may be able at any time to recall these things. Here's what Peter's saying. Everything that I just told you, that list that I gave you, all the things that we should be increasing in, faith, virtue, knowledge, uh, brotherly affection, love, all those things. Remember them? Remember that list? I, I want to remind you that those things should be increasing always because I'm getting ready to die and I want you to always be able to remember them. So this is what I did. This, this is my journal. Here it is, right? Practice what you preach. Isn't that a saying? That's a thing, right? Practice what you preach. I, I, I did some me time in 2 Peter chapter 1 this week and this is what I came with. I'm just going to read it right, right out of my journal. Meaning. Peter wants Christians to know what they have access to through their relationship with Christ. Knowing this should cause us to love others more, to maintain our attitude, and to live holy. Doing those things then will keep us from being ineffective and unfruitful. How we live is informed by what we believe. And then I, 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 I like to ask myself a question. It's just how 
my, it's my journal. I get to do it how I want. I ask myself a question, and I always underline it. This is what I said. What does my life say that I believe? If all the things that Peter said in 2 Peter chapter 1, that, that for the Christian, all of these things will be mine and they will be increasing. If I truly believe that Jesus has given me access to the Father, then I should be increasing in all of those things that, G, that Peter said I should be increasing in. Right? Because what I do shows what I believe. What does my life show that I believe? That's the question that I want to, that's, that's the meaning that I'm getting out of this. All right? Here's how I should engage. This is for me. You can cheat if you want. I must live in a way that demonstrates Christ's love in me. I cannot say I love Jesus and show no compassion or love for other people. Or fly off the handle too easily. I had to add that one because that's where I struggle. I had a temper. How I act demonstrates what I believe. And then I I had a second way that I'm going to engage with this based on what I see in Peter. As I said this, as a leader, it is my responsibility, like Peter, to make every effort to remind fellow believers of these truths. How you live matters. And what you do shows what you believe more than what you say. So, as one of your pastors, I need to make every effort to make sure that you know that how you live matters. And that what you do demonstrates what you believe way more than what you say. I have to do that because that's, the, that's how I'm engaging. You see how, see how that works? Here, here's how I have to engage with that text as a leader. I have to tell you what it told me to tell you. See? But you can do it too. You can, you can find the meaning of a text and then engage with it. So here's what we want you to do. I'm running out of time. Here's what we want you to do. We, we gave you these handy books. They're at the back of the room if you don't have one. Each week. After a message, in the connect group session of, of each week, we have a place for you to write down some notes from the message, some things that stuck out to you in the, the message from the week. And then on the next page, we got two sections. We got the meaning section and the engage section. Here's what we want you to do. We want you to study whatever chapter is on the connect group guide for that week. I want you to write down what it means based on author and audience, repeating words, cause and effect, absolute words. Right? Write down what it means. Write down how you're going to engage with it. And then share that with other people in your group when you get to your meeting. Does that sound hard? Does, like that's, you know, pastors, we get this kind of skewed perspective. Seems super easy to me, but I'm a preacher. I get paid to think this stuff is easy, right? Am I wrong? I guess we can do this, right? We can do this. We can, we can read a chapter a week. We can spend 30, 45 minutes a week reading a chapter, finding those things, figuring out the meaning, writing down how we're going to engage with that. Then show up with a group of other people and just tell them what we found. But imagine with me. Imagine with me. If, if 50 people in our church that have never read a verse of Scripture, assuming, read a chapter this week, figured out what it meant, how it was going to change them. And then they showed up to your group. And they said, man, I've never read a verse of Scripture before. But let me tell you what I saw this week in this Scripture. Let me tell you how it's changing me and how it might change you too. Would that be a benefit to you? Would that help your life to hear those kind of things from some other people? 
it would help mine and I'm a paid religious professional. I can't wait for Connect Group this week. My group meets on, I got a group today and I got a group on Thursday. I get, I get it twice this week. I'm super excited. You need it too. You need it for you. You need some me time. But you don't need it alone. And then you need a group of people that you can get together with and grow together. That's my challenge. It's my encouragement. Here's your chapter for this week. Last week we did 2 Peter chapter 1. All right, pay attention and switch it up. We're going to do 1 Peter. First chapter. If, you're, if you forget, you can go to our website under Connect Groups, and the Connect Group guide with that chapter is on that page. 1 Peter chapter 1. Do your me time in 1 Peter chapter 1 and then go to your group and share what you find with them. Not only will it benefit you, it will benefit them as well. All right? Can we do it? Can we do it? Are you excited about it? There we go. There's, there's somebody, a couple people are excited about it. It's good. We can be, it's going to change us. This is good for us. Let's pray together. Ask God to help us as we do. Father, we love you so much. And we are so very grateful for your word. God, I believe that, that for some of us in the room, maybe we've made it too hard. Maybe we've thought that there was no way we could, we could find the, the meaning of a scripture. But God, I hope that today, through this simple exercise and my example, that God, you are already beginning to tear down the walls that some of us have put up to keep us from, from reading and studying and engaging with scripture. So God, would you help us in this moment to honor our commitment this week to study your word, to listen, because we believe that you're speaking. God, would you reveal to us through our efforts the meaning of the text you lead us to? And God, would you then show us how we can engage with that to better serve the mission you've called us to in the earth? God, we love you so much, and we're so grateful that we have access to you through Jesus, your son. It's in his name we pray.